Story One of The Strength of Gideon and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kirk Ziegler, Lake Placid, Florida. The Strength of Gideon and Other Short Stories by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Story One the strength of gideon old mam henry and her word may be taken said that it was de powerfuls she might ever have heard in all her bone days that was saying a good deal for the old woman had lived many years on the stone place and had heard many sermons from preachers white and black she was a judge too it really must have been a powerful sermon that brother lucius preached for aunt doshy scott had fallen in a trance in the middle of the aisle while merlatter mag who was famed all over the place for having white folks religion and never waking up had broken through her reserve and shouted all over the campground several times cassie had shown signs of giving way but because she was frail some of the solicitous sisters held her with self-congratulatory care relieving each other now and then that each might have a turn in the rejoicings but as the preacher waded out deeper and deeper into the spiritual stream cassie's efforts to make her feelings known became more and more decided he told them how the spears of the medianites had clashed upon the shields of the gideonites and after a while with the power of the load behind him the man gideon triumphed mightily and swaying then and wailing in the dark woods with grim branches waving in the breath of their own excitement they could hear above the tumult the clamor of the fight the clashing of the spears and the ringing of the shields they could see the conqueror coming home in triumph then when he cried ahu i say ahu is in gideon's army today and the wailing chorus took up the note ahu it was too much even for frail cassie and deserted by the solicitous sisters in the words of mam henry she broke loose and frankly took the place gideon had certainly triumphed and when a little baby boy came to cassie two or three days later she named him gideon in honor of the great hebrew warrior whose story had so wrought upon her all the plantation knew the spiritual significance of the name and from the day of his birth the child was as one set apart to a holy mission on earth say what you will of the influences which the circumstances surrounding birth have upon a child upon this one at least the effect was unmistakable even as a baby he seemed to realize the weight of responsibility which had been laid upon his little black shoulders and there was a complacent dignity in the very way in which he drew upon the sweets of his dirty sugar-teat when the maternal breast was far off bending over the sheaves of the field he was a child early destined to sacrifice and self-effacement and as he grew older and other youngsters came to fill cassie's cabin he took up his lot with the meekness of an infantile moses like a moses he was too leading his little flock to the promised land when he grew to the age at which barefooted and one shifted he led or carried his little brothers and sisters about the quarters but the promised land never took him into the direction of the stables 
where the other pickaninnies worried the horses, or into the region of the hen-coops, where egg-sucking was a common crime. No boy ever rolled or tumbled in the dirt with a heartier glee than did Gideon, but no warrior, not even his illustrious prototype himself, ever kept sterner discipline in his ranks when his followers seemed prone to overstep the bounds of right. At a very early age, his shrill voice could be heard calling in admonitory tones, caught from his mother's very lips. You, Nelius, don't you let me catch you throwing at old Miss Guinea hens no mo'. You hear me? Or, I am. You come often to top er dat there shed, for you gonna fall and break your neck all to pieces. It was a common sight in the evening to see him sitting upon the low rail fence which ran before the quarters, his shift blowing in the wind, and his black legs lean and bony against the white-washed rails, as he swayed to and fro, rocking and singing one of his numerous brothers to sleep, and always his song was of war and victory, albeit crooned in a low, soothing voice. Sometimes it was, Turn back Pharaoh's army, at others, Jine and Gideon's band. The latter was a favorite, for he seemed to have a proprietary interest in it, although, despite the martial inspiration of his name, Gideon's band, to him meant an aggregation of people with horns and fiddles. Steve, who was Cassie's man, declared that he had never seen such a child, and being quite as religious as Cassie herself, early began to talk scripture and religion to the boy. He was aided in this when his master, Dudley Stone, a man of faith, began a little Sunday class for the religiously inclined of the quarters, where the old familiar stories were told in simple language to the slaves and explained. At these meetings Gideon became a shining light. No one listened more eagerly to the teacher's words, or more readily answered his questions at review. No one was wider-mouthed or whiter-eyed. His admonitions to his family now took on a different complexion, and he could be heard calling across a lot to a mischievous sister. Better take care there, Lucy Jane. God's a-watchin' you. Better take care. The appointed man is always marked, and so Gideon was always receiving his full name. No one ever shortened his scriptural appellation into Gid. He was always Gideon from the time he bore the name out of the heat of camp-meeting fervor, until his master discovered his worthiness and filled Cassie's breast with pride by taking him into the house to learn manas and potment. As a house-servant he was beyond reproach, and next to his religion was Mass Dudley, and Miss Ellen claimed his devotion and fidelity. The young mistress and young master learned to depend fearlessly upon his faithfulness. It was too good to hear old Dudley Stone going through the house in a mock fury, crying, Well, I never saw such a house. It seems as if there isn't a soul in it that can do without Gideon. Here I've got him up here to wait on me, and it's Gideon here and Gideon there, and every time I turn around, some of you have sneaked him off. Gideon, come here and the black boy smiled and came. But all his days were not days devoted to men's service, for there came a time when love claimed him for her own, when the clouds took on a new color, when the sough of the wind was music in his ears, and he saw heaven in Martha's eyes. It all came about in this way. 
Gideon was young when he got religion and joined the church, and he grew up strong in the faith. Almost by the time he had become a valuable house-servant, he had grown into an invaluable servant of the Lord. He had a good, clear voice that could lead a hymn out of all the labyrinthian wanderings of an ignorant congregation, even when he had to improvise both words and music, and he was a mighty man of prayer. It was thus he met Martha. Martha was brown and buxom and comely, and her rich contralto voice was loud and high on the sister's side in meeting time. It was the voices that did it at first. There was no hymn or spiritual that Gideon could start to which Martha could not sing an easy blending second, and never did she open a tune that Gideon did not swing into it with a wonderfully sweet, flowing, natural bass. Often he did not know the piece, but that did not matter. He sang anyway. Perhaps when they were out he would go to her and ask, "'Sis Martha, what was that hymn you started today?' and she would probably answer, Oh, that was just one of many Mammy's old songs. Well, it surely was mighty pretty. Indeed it was. Oh, thank ye, Brother Gidjon, thank ye. Then a little while later they began to walk back to the master's house together, for Martha, too, was one of the favored ones, and served, not in the field, but in the big house. The old women looked on and conversed in whispers about the pair, for they were wise, and what their old eyes saw, they saw. Oomph, said Mam Henry, for she commented on everything. Dem two is just naturally singing themselves together. They's like no moaning stars, interjected Aunt Sophie. How about that? sniffed the older woman, for she objected to anyone's alluding to subjects she did not understand. Why, Mam Henry? Ain't you never heard tell o' de moanin' stars what sung they selves together? No, I ain't, and I've been livin' a mighty sight longer'n you too. I knows all about when de stars fell, but they ain't never done no singin' that I knows bout. Do hush, ma'am Henry. You sure surprises me. Why that ain't happenin'? Dat scripter. Looky here, gal. Don't you tell me dat scripter and me been a-sittin' under de scripta for nigh on to sixty year. Well, ma'am Henry, I may have been mistook, but sure I took it for scripta. Maybe the preacher I heard was just in linin'. Well, whether it's scripta or not, there's one thing sitain I tell you, dem two's a-singin' themselves together. It's a fact, and I believe it. And it's a mighty good thing, too. Brother Gidgeon is the nicest house donkey that I ever heard tell on. They just the same difference twixt him and the other house boys as they tween real quality and strainers. He got manners, but he ain't got eyes. Hish, ain't you right? And while the rest of them ain't thinking about nothing but dancing and cane on, he making his peace, calling an election show. I tell you, ma'am Henry, they ain't nothin' like a special named child. Humph, glong, gal, tain't in the name. De biggest devil I ever knowed was named Moses Aaron. Tain't the name. It's all in the man hisself. But notwithstanding what the gossip said of him, Gideon went on his way, and knew not that the one great power of earth had taken hold of him, until they gave the great party down in the quarters, and he saw Martha in all her glory, 
Then love spoke to him with no uncertain sound. It was a dancing party, and because neither he nor Martha dared countenance dancing, they had strolled away together under the pines that lined the white road, whiter now in the soft moonlight. He had never known the pine cone smells so sweet before in all his life. She had never known just how the moonlight flecked the road before. This was lover's lane to them. He didn't understand why his heart kept throbbing so furiously, for they were walking slowly, and when a shadow thrown across the road from a bystanding bush frightened her into pressing close up to him, he could not have told why his arm stole around her waist and drew her slim form up to him, or why his lips found hers, as eye looked into eye. For their simple hearts love's mystery was too deep, as it is for wiser ones. Some few stammering words came to his lips, and she answered the best she could. Then why did the moonlight flood them so, and why were the heavens so full of stars? Out yonder in the black hedge a mockingbird was singing, and he was translating, oh so poorly, the song of their hearts. They forgot the dance, they forgot all but their love. And you won't may nobody else but me, Martha? I know I won't, Gidgeon, but I must wait to hear you out. Yes, and then don't you think Mass Stone'll let us have a little cabin of our own just outside the quarters? Won't it be blessed? "'Won't it be blessed?' he cried. "'And then the kindly moon went under a cloud for a moment "'and came out smiling, "'for he had peeped through and seen what passed. "'Then they walked back hand in hand to the dance "'along the transfigured road, "'and they found that the first part of the festivities were over "'and all the people had sat down to supper. "'Everyone laughed when they went in. "'Martha held back and perspired with embarrassment.' But even though he saw some of the older black heads whispering in a corner, Gideon was not ashamed. A new light was in his eyes, and a new boldness had come to him. He led Martha up to the grinning group, and said in his best singing voice, "'What you laughing at?' "'Yes, I's popped a question, and she says yes, and long about a year from now, you can all speck an invitation.' This was a formal announcement. A shout arose from the happy-go-lucky people, who sorrowed alike in each other's sorrows and joyed in each other's joys. They sat down at a table, and their health was drunk in cups of cider and persimmon beer. Over in the corner, Mam Henry mumbled over her pipe, "'What'd I tell you? What'd I tell you?' And Aunt Sophie replied, "'It's the parable of the moaning stars.' "'Don't talk to me about no moaning stars,' the mammy snorted. "'God, just fitted they voices together, then joined their hearts. "'De moaning stars ain't got nothing to do with it.' "'Ma'am Henry,' said Aunt Sophie impressively, "'you is an older woman than I is, and I ain't puttin' it, "'but I say they done fitted scripter about de moaning stars. "'They done sung they selves together.' "'The old woman sniffed.' The next Sunday meeting someone got the start of Gideon and began a new hymn. It ran, And demige dev de lamb, O Lord, God done gin his scent. They dressed de lamb all up in white, God done gin his scent. 
oh wasn't that a happy day oh wasn't that a happy day oh lord oh wasn't that a happy day demaged of de lamb the wailing miner of the beginning broke into a joyous chorus at the end and gideon wept and laughed in turn for it was his wedding song the young man had a confidential chat with his master the next morning and the happy secret was revealed what you scamp said dudley stone why you got even more sense than i gave you credit for you've picked out the finest girl on the plantation and the one best suited to you you couldn't have done better if the match had been made for you i reckon this must be one of the marriages that are made in heaven marry her yes and with a preacher i don't see why you want to wait a year gideon told him his hopes of a near cabin better still his master went on with you two joined up near the big house i feel as safe for the folks as if an army was camped around and gideon my boy he put his arms on the black man's shoulders if i could slip away some day the slave looked up startled i mean if i should die i'm not going to run off don't be alarmed i want you to help your young mass dud look after his mother and miss ellen you hear now that's the one promise i ask of you come what may look after the women folks and the man promised and went away smiling his year of engagement the happiest time of a young man's life began on golden wings there came rumors of war and the wings of the glad-hued year drooped sadly sadly they drooped and seemed to fold then one day between the rumors and predictions of strife dudley stone the old master slipped quietly away out into the unknown there were wife daughter son and faithful slaves about his bed and they wept for him sincere tears for he had been a good husband and father and a kind master but he smiled and conscious to the last whispered to them a cheery good-bye then turning to gideon who stood there bowed with grief he raised one weak finger and his lips made the word remember they laid him where they'd laid one generation after another of the stones and it seemed as if a pall of sorrow had fallen upon the whole place then still grieving they turned their long distracted attention to the things that had been going on around and lo the ominous mutterings were loud and the cloud of war was black above them it was on an april morning when the storm broke and the plantation master and man stood dumb with consternation for they had hoped they had believed it would pass and now there was the buzz of men who talked in secret corners there were hurried saddlings and feverish rides to town somewhere in the quarters was whispered the forbidden word freedom and it was taken up and dropped breathlessly from the ends of a hundred tongues some of the older ones scouted it but from some who held young children to their breasts there were deep-souled prayers in the dead of night over the meetings in the woods or in the log church a strange reserve brooded and even the prayers took on a guarded tone even from the fullness of their hearts which longed for liberty 
no open word that could offend the mistress or the young master went up to the almighty he might know their hearts but no tongue in the meeting gave vent to what was in them and even gideon sang no more of the gospel army he was sad because of this new trouble coming hard upon the heels of the old and martha was grieved because he was finally the trips into town budded into something and on a memorable evening when the sun looked peacefully through the pines young dudley stone rode into the yard dressed in a suit of grey and on his shoulders were the straps of office the servants gathered around him with a sort of awe and followed him until he alighted at the porch only ma'am henry who had been nurse to both him and his sister dared follow him in it was a sad scene within but such a one as any southern home where there were sons might have shown that awful year the mother tried to be brave but her old hand shook and her tears fell upon her son's brown head tears of grieving at parting but through which shone the fire of a noble pride the young ellen hung about his neck with sobs and caresses would you have me stay he asked her no no i know where your place is but oh my brother ellen said the mother in a trembling voice you are the sister of a soldier now the girl dried her tears and drew herself up we won't burden your heart dudley with our tears but we will weight you down with our love and prayers it was not so easy with ma'am henry without protest she took him to her bosom and rocked to and fro wailing my baby my baby and the tears that fell from the young man's eyes upon her gray old head cost his manhood nothing gideon was behind the door when his master called him his sleeve was travelling down from his eyes as he emerged gideon said his master pointing to his uniform you know what this means yes sir i wish i could take you along with me but mass dud gideon threw out his arms in supplication you remember father's charge to you take care of the women folks he took the servant's hand and black man and white they looked into each other's eyes and the compact was made then gideon gulped and said yes sir again another boy held the master's horse and rode away behind him when he vaulted into the saddle and the man of battle song and warrior name went back to mind the women folks then began the disintegration of the plantation's population first yellow bob slipped away and no one pursued him a few blamed him but they soon followed as the year rolled away more were missing every time a union camp lay near and great tales were told of the chances for young negroes who would go as body servants to the yankee officers gideon heard all and was silent then as the time of his marriage drew near he felt a greater strength for there was one who would be with him to help him keep his promise and his faith the spirit of freedom had grown strong in martha as the days passed and when her lover went to see her she had strange things to say was he going to stay was he going to be a slave when freedom and livelihood lay right within his grasp would he keep her a slave yes he would do it all all she asked him to wait 
another year began and one day they brought dudley stone home to lay beside his father then most of the remaining negroes went there was no master now the two bereaved women wept and gideon forgot that he wore the garb of manhood and wept with them martha came to him gideon she said i's waited a long while now most everybody else gone ain't you goin no but gideon i wants to be free i know how good they've been to us but oh i wants to own myself they're talking about setting us free every hour i can wait they's a camp right near here i promised the officers want body servants gideon go martha if you want to but i stay she went away from him but she or someone else got word to young captain jack griswold of the near camp and that there was an excellent servant on the plantation who only needed a little persuading and he came up to see him look here he said i want a body servant i'll give you ten dollars a month i've got to stay here but you fool what have you got to gain by staying here i'm going to stay why you'll be free in a little while anyway all right of all fools said the captain i'll give you fifteen dollars i don't want it well your girl's going anyway i don't blame her for leaving such a fool as you are gideon turned and looked at him the camp is going to be moved up on this plantation and there will be a requisition for this house for officers quarters so i'll see you again and captain griswold went his way martha's going martha's going gideon could not believe it he would not he saw her and she confirmed it she was going as an aide to the nurses he gasped and went back to mind the women folks they did move the camp up nearer and captain griswold came to see gideon again but he could get no word from him save i'm going to stay and he went away in disgust entirely unable to understand such obstinacy as he called it it's freedom gideon but the slave had his moments alone when the agony tore at his breast and rended him should he stay the others were going he would soon be free everyone had said so even his mistress one day then martha was going martha martha his heart called the day came when the soldiers were to leave and he went out sadly to watch them go all the plantation that had been white with tents was dark again and everywhere were moving blue-coated figures once more his temper came to him i'll make it twenty dollars he said but gideon shook his head then they started the drums tapped away they went the flag kissing the breeze martha stole up to say good-bye to him her eyes were overflowing and she clung to him come gideon she pled for my sake oh my god won't you come with us it's freedom he kissed her but shook his head hunt me up when you do come she said crying bitterly for i do love you gideon but i must go out yonder is freedom and she was gone with them he drew out a pace after the troops and then turning 
looked back at the house. He went a step farther, and then a woman's gentle voice called him. "'Gideon!' He stopped. He crushed his cap in his hands, and the tears came into his eyes. Then he answered, "'Yes, Miss Ellen. I's a-comin'.' He stood and watched the dusty column until the last blue leg swung out of sight and over the gray hills the last drum tap died away, and then turned and retraced his steps toward the house. Gideon had triumphed mightily. End of Story One